11. And we're reading from verse 16 to verse 30. The whole section from chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians right into chapter 12 is all about Paul defending his ministry and the vindication of his apostleship. And what we soon learn is he's quite reluctant to do this. He doesn't want to boast. He'd rather boast in the Lord Jesus Christ, but he doesn't want to boast in himself. But in one sense, the situation is so dire in Corinth, he's cornered into it and he's, he's doing it for that particular purpose. We'll read from verse 16 of chapter 11. I say again, let no man think me a fool. If otherwise, yet as a fool, receive me, that I may boast myself a little. That which I speak, I speak it not after the Lord, but as it were, foolishly, in this confidence of boasting. Seeing that many glory after the flesh, I will glory also. For ye suffer fools gladly, seeing ye yourselves are wise. For ye suffer if a man bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take of you, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face. I speak as concerning reproach, as though we had been weak. Howbeit, whenasoever any is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Levites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labours, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In death, oft deaths. Of the Jews, five times received I stripes, forty stripes save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeyings, often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides those things which are without, that which cometh upon me, the daily care of all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak. Who is offended, and I burn not. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. So again, Jim mentioned it's, this, these chapters are quite complex in places, uh, what Paul is exactly trying to say. Uh, I found the same as well. It is 
difficult. It takes a lot of reading and learning all the translations, looking at all the different translations, which make it much more better than the King James Version. But when we thought about our, our first hymn this morning, that, you know, when I survey the wondrous cross, and the last line of that last verse demands my soul, my life, my all. Now, to me, that sums up the Apostle Paul's life. He gave his life at the end as a martyr. He gave his all for the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a devoted, faithful servant to the Lord Jesus. And it, it does challenge us, doesn't it? Uh, and we see in this chapter how much Paul suffered. If he hadn't done all this boasting, uh, but obviously it's in the canon of scripture, now it's written down. Therefore the Lord, really, the Lord Jesus Christ is vindicating his servant because he's allowed all this to be written in the word. Just to show the quality the devotion and the faithfulness of this man's life towards the Lord Jesus. We can't match up to that, can we, really? <clears throat> um, and in these, we, we, in our day, in this country, we're not faced with much persecution. We're not going on endless journeys that Paul went on to, walking, going on ships and getting shipwrecked. And the distance he covered is remarkable, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And then we'll talk about the end, you know. On top of all this, he had this very great burden of care for all the churches, right? Not just one or two of them, all the churches. And I think the, the biggest, the, big, the churches that gave him the most problems was Corinth, definitely Corinth was one of them that caused Paul great heartaches and concerns and the other one I would say would be Galatians, where they actually were turning from the gospel back to law. They were getting preached at by Judaizers. So that was a crisis in Galatian churches. But we'll talk about that at the end, about this, the great care he had for all the church, on top of everything that he's going through. So you can imagine this man on a daily basis, can't you? His thoughts are for the saints. His burdens are for the the churches that he's established. He loves the saints like he loves the Lord. And he's out and out for God in his zeal. It's a wonderful picture, isn't it? So he says here, let me not think me a fool, if otherwise yet a fool receive me, that I may boast myself a little. So he's going to do a little bit of boasting. Remember what we said, and we've all said, he'd rather glory in the Lord Jesus Christ. He'd rather be speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He does not want to speak about himself. Yes? Which is a nice character, isn't it? Let's not talk about ourselves. Let's talk about the Lord and his glory. And he says in verse 17, that which I speak, I spake it not after the Lord. That means not in the Lord's authority. He's not speaking it after the Lord. He, he says, I'm speaking it foolishly. 
So what he's saying is, <clears throat> really, this boasting that I'm about to do is folly in, in his own eyes. This is folly. I don't want to really do this. I don't want to talk about myself. I want to talk about the Lord. But he is going to do it. That's the important thing. And it's all about these pseudo-apostles, these superior super-apostles that have infiltrated the Corinthian assembly. And we as Christians, we've got to recognize things which are false. Yes, False doctrine is very important that we can discern what is right and what is false. The one relation to the apostles is quite simple because there is no apostles. I can't get to say this word out, apostolic <laughs> progression. We've got it out, yeah. There's no progression of apostles, yes? So that tells you, anyone who's now standing up and declaring themselves to be an apostle, and these were declaring themselves to be super apostles, then it's obviously a lie and it's false. But the Corinthians obviously had a problem with this because many of them have probably been taken in by these false apostles and he's trying to combat that because it's not a good situation that they're in with that so he says seeing that many glory after the flesh I will glory also but that's not his normal character remember for ye suffer fools gladly seeing ye yourselves are wise he's talking to the Corinthians now and he's been a little bit sarcastic with them yes because they are so wise uh, seeing yourselves are wise, but they're not that wise when they're allowing these pseudo-apostles to come in and demand from them and take from them. You know, that's not wisdom, is it? Which is exactly what happened. He says, Paul says, ye suffer when a man bring you into bondage. So they, they were being brought into bondage. When a man devour you, consume or destroy these false apostles. This is what Paul was concerned about. They, they, they're consuming the saints in Corinth, which is not good. Trying to destroy, it's destructive work, destructive work that's going on. Totally opposite with Paul. Paul's whole mission to all the churches was to build them up, isn't it? not to destroy. It was to build them up and encourage the saints. If a man take of you, and that includes, Darby's translation says, taking of money. So we, we talked about this, I don't know who preached this, I think, so, was it? it might have been John, where there are, we get all these fancy preachers today who are earning millions and millions of pounds on display and supposedly preaching the gospel, etc., etc. You know, that sort of thing taking people's money. If a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face, they even allow that. It's weird, isn't it? That They're taken in by these people doing these things. He says, I speak concerning reproach, as though we had been weak, howbeit whensoever any is bold, and I'm speaking foolishly, I will be bold also. So reproach is dishonor, isn't it? Reproach is dishonor. It's also disparagement. It's speaking slightly of. It's belittling people. 
you know, giving you no worth or value. That's what these apostles were doing to these Corinthians. And they're being taken in by it. So they, and they were, apparently they were Jews, obviously, because we're talking about these apostles, they're Jews, because he says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Then the next one is, is quite amazing. Are they ministers of Christ? I, he says, I speak as a fool. One translation speaks. I'm speaking now as a madman. He says, I am more. Now, we would never say that, would we? <laughs> of anyone's service, you know. I am more. I am doing more than you. I am doing better than you. We would never say that as Christians. It's not humility, is it? But he's saying it here. But he says, I'm speaking as a madman. He's having to say it for what's going on there. I am more in labours, more abundant. Now, it's a great boast, isn't it? But he was in labours, more abundant. I know he had these faithful helpers with him, Silas and Timothy and Titus and lots of people, Barnabas, loads of people like that were supporting him and sharing his sorrows and concerns. But he was in labour abundant for the Lord. In stripes above measure. The amount of times he was beaten, struck with rods, whipped In prisons, in prisons more frequent. He was in and out of prison, wasn't he? Spent lots of times in prison. <clears throat> and the prisons in them days were much worse, I'm, I'm sure, than the prisons we have today. In deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, save one. Apparently a Jewish tradition only to give 39 just make just to make sure they you know got the count wrong, so they had a tradition of just do thirty nine stripes. But imagine getting beaten with thirty nine stripes. Thrice I was beat with rods. Once I was stoned. Now, it, when he was stoned, he, he may have been dead and come alive, or he may have been stoned brutally but survived. I'll leave that issue with you. But <clears throat> Might have been either one. But he was stoned. I have suffered shipwreck at night, a day and night, been in the deep. So all, you know, getting shipwrecked and being in the sea for a day and a night would not be a pleasant experience, would it? But quite often he had to take ships on his journeys. And one journey, remember he says, he even told the Roman soldier, don't take this journey on this boat because it's going to end in disaster. There's going to be a big tornado coming. It's the time of year when we get these massive tornadoes and seas swelling up and everything like that. It's not safe to travel. But the shipmaster said, yes, it is. So the Roman soldier listened to the shipmaster and lo and behold, they got shipwrecked. But every person was saved on the ship and they landed in Malta. 
So in journeys often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, his own countrymen didn't like him, did they? In perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, all the cities he went to preaching the gospel, you know, he would find persecution in a lot of those places he went. Perils in the sea, perils of false brethren. That was a big, you know, painful experience for Paul to have to deal with false brethren all the time. In weariness. Have we ever been weary? Yes, we have, haven't we? We know a little bit what weariness is like. In painfulness, in watchings, in hunger, thirst, fastings, cold and nakedness. It just makes you think, you know, if all this was happening to us, how long would we endure it? Or say, that's it, I'm going home, I've had enough. But Paul endured in all these things. And then besides these things are that which cometh upon us, the daily care of all the churches. What a thought that, isn't it? Have we ever had a burden? We do get burden for people in prayer, don't we? We do pray. Do we pray every day, daily, for those issues and those burdens that others have? This man was a praying man, yes? Quite a lot of the churches he writes, I am praying for you. His prayer list was enormous, absolutely enormous. Because <laughs> he was always praying for them. Prayer is essential. Prayer, praying for one another is essential. And it does, it does help. So like I said, Corinth is probably the one that's got most concern in, in Paul's heart. Especially now these false apostles have crept in as well and they had problems with immorality and all sorts of other problems which he had to sort out at Corinth. But he loved them. He loved the Corinthians. The Galatian churches, you can say of the Galatian churches, my little children for whom I am again in childbirth until Christ be formed in you. I was not a fatherly thing. My little children. You know, you've been led away by these Judaizers. You're going back to law. You've gone away from grace and the gospel of God's grace. I want you back, you know. I want you back. That Christ might be formed in you. That's his heart, the apostle's heart. Philippians, he says, you are the, the fruit of my labor. He was quite willing to depart and to be with Christ, yes? But he says, it's more necessary for you, it's more needful for you that I stay and have fruit of my labor. That's how much he cared for the Philippians. The Colossians, he says, rejoice, I rejoice in my sufferings for you. He's suffering for these Colossian believers and the Thessalonians. He says, we were gentle among you, even as a nurse who cherisheth her children. 
And the thing that really concerned the Thessalonians is they were under great persecution, yes? A lot of them got saved and a massive persecution broke out upon these Thessalonian believers. And Paul was so concerned that they buckle under all this pressure that they were under. And he was longing for information about them. Yes, he was constantly worried about their state. And finally he got word back that, you know, they are doing well. They are triumphing and under these trying circumstances and they're coming through, which, is, which was great news to Paul and a great deal of comfort to him. And to the Corinthians himself, doesn't he? He says in 1 Corinthians, he says, Though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. The father-like spirit of the apostle Paul. What a tremendous man. And it ended in his life. In Galatians chapter 6, he says these lovely things. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. That means all the persecutions he's gone through, the, the whippings he's had, the beatings he's had, he's got the marks of all his persecutions upon him for the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the end of his life, yeah. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? He was jealous for these Corinthians. If I must needs glory, I will glory in the things concerning my infirmities. He gladly talks about his infirmities. It's the infirmities that kept him, you know, from getting exalted in chapter 12. I don't want to go too much in chapter 12 because the brother's going to be taking that. But when he's in chapter 12, he comes to visions and revelations and what he has seen in the glory. And the things he saw in that glory and heard, yeah, he needed a thorn in the flesh from the Lord to keep him humble. Yeah. So all these infirmities are keeping him on level ground. They're keeping him humble, lest he should be exalted above measure. So he accepted these things from the Lord to keep him humble. Sometimes the Lord can do that for us, isn't he? He'll give us a problem. It might be a you know, bodily problem, but it's, it's bothering you and upsetting you and annoying you. <laughs> but it's keeping you down, as it were, hum humble and dependent on the Lord. And if it does that, it's a good thing rather than a bad thing. Yes, we'd rather have it taken away, but it's a good thing. Yeah? It's a good thing. I'll just share one thing with you. I'm going to talk about myself now. I, should, just, <laughs> I shouldn't be talking about myself, but just, just, <laughs> just, just one thing. I've got, um, I've discovered by a, a CT scan or, or a scan uh, that I have a hyperplastic right, left hyperplastic coronary artery. <laughs> and you're going to ask, what's a right hyperplastic coronary artery? <laughs> it's an underdeveloped coronary artery, which they said is a birth defect, right? birth defect. The signs and symptoms I get is a constant whooshing noise through my head, up here, a whoosh, 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 whoosh. 
And if you imagine if you're sitting down to study and you're trying to study quietly and you're, all you hear is this whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And I wish the whoosh would go away, but it doesn't go away. So it's things like that, you know, you have to bear with because the Lord keeps you on level ground, which is good to be on level ground. But what a, an amazing apostle, yes, this man was. And the things he suffered for the Lord's sake. Great will be his rewards, yes. Great will be his rewards. Uh, I know there was a movie about him, wasn't there, the, the Apostle Paul? And I think right at the end of the movie, they gave the impression that all these people came out. Uh, I think it was suggesting that these are the ones that he persecuted and killed and put into glory, and now he's seeing them all and he's embracing them all. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? And he, he never forgot either that, that he approved